Brother, thank you for being here. It's uh, it's awesome seeing you here, and uh, it's uh, some of you just got off work and just went straight here. So I understand. <laughs> Thankfully, I work here, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have to get off work. Let's see. What I did, it takes me about six hours to do this, this typing. I'm so I was telling Kyle, it takes me, I do two lines and I have three mistakes. <laughs> so, fortunately, my computer is such that it underlines and, and you hit the right click and it'll tell you how to spell it. <laughs> so I usually hit on something and one time I prayed and I did better, but <laughs> so maybe I should pray more often. Okay, put put that first slide on. Let's see what you got, Dave. All righty. Thank you. Yeah, I thought that was kind of nice. I, I got there at one thirty, and uh, I haven't been. We'd been Tom and I went to Voice of the Apostles, so I haven't been reading my mail about what to do. So I just sat down, and I missed the uh, lanyard. Everything. He just said, "Okay, God, I'm going to be a." And then there was a woman had her hand up or was standing up, and uh, she, I couldn't have met, I couldn't have prayed with her anyway because it's men with men and women with men. So I didn't get a chance to pray for anybody. But one of the things that uh, we heard at Voice of the Apostles was prophecy of this is the, the final days. And in the final days, and, and you know, I used to have a problem with Timothy, the part of Timothy where it said uh, women sit over here and the men sit over there and women shut up, don't say anything. <laughs> and the men, just ask your husband. But there's a scripture that, that covers that, and somebody made that point perfectly clear. In the, in, in the final days, God is going to pour out his spirit upon everyone, women and men. So women don't have to feel second class anymore. <laughs> Even the Bible supports you. <laughs> what happened? What? <laughs> he says I didn't send the three slides. There's this there's a technical must technical difficulties. <laughs> All right, so what I do is, is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll let uh, John Bevere, Jim, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about 30 minutes, and then we'll come back and ask you some more questions and see what you do, what you learned. Now, let me read you some questions that, that don't show up on there. I messed up and didn't get them good. Have you been taught to honor and respect those in authority? 
All right, does anybody want to anybody want to comment on that? Have you been taught to honor and respect authority? Now, one thing Pastor Tom does is when somebody comes to speak, he honors them with honorarium, he calls it. And uh, I I don't know. I've been when I was in the black community uh, and visiting, they honor their pastors much much more than we do. So that uh, we 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 have not been taught to honor. Uh, our, is the is the press honoring our president? <laughs> no. Hit the it'll 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 light up. So, it's Daniel. I was brought up to honor, um, you know, police, and I mean just to honor and my mother and father. Um, but I don't know that. A lot of parents today are purposefully teaching that. It has to be taught, um, and, and through example, too. But, um, you know, it's, it's disheartening to see that there's just little respect for anybody but yourself these days. Yeah, and I, I think our press is getting this too much. It's like we're trying to tear our country down. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So. The more and more things point to the last days. Oh, by the way, if, if she starts snoring back there. <laughs> Eddie said she's been sleepy, so <laughs> if y'all hear snoring, just punch her. <laughs> oh, that's not honoring you, is it? <laughs> well, let's just sleep now. That'd be honoring. All right, write down. This is the first thing. What is the first thought that comes to mind when I say one of the following names? The president. Yeah. What else? Leader? What else? Anybody else get a thought? The president. I say abused. <laughs> he has been abused. He's a businessman. Anybody else have any th other thoughts? When I say the president, what was the first word that popped in your mind? Nothing? Strong personality. <laughs> That's good. All right, what about police officers? Think of police officers. What do you think about police officers? Courageous. We love them. They keep us safe. They're a servant. I, I, if you get around some people, they don't like police officers. And, and, and they call them. They'll get them cops away from me. Or, you know, they'll, they'll speak badly of them. But... Uh, if we didn't have them, we'd have chaos. Like, like when you're, something somebody breaks into your house, who do you call? Nine one one. Police come. Nobody would come if we didn't have any. Couple and you know what do you do? Da da da. And and uh, the guy made up some career. You know. Well, then later on in the conversation. He felt comfortable enough to, to share with her that, you know, he was a police officer, but he didn't share that with, with most people, that he, you know, he just had felt such hatred and, and just had a distrust of people now because of it, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be a police officer. <laughs> I'm too afraid. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. I mean, one time when I was about a teenager, I had a, one of those pull-down ladders for the, uh, for the attic. Have you ever seen those? You pull them down and flip them, and they come back on the stairs. Well, somehow the rope got tangled, and it was just off the edge. 
is coming. And I said, somebody's up there. <laughs> so I convinced my family somebody's up there. We called the police. They came up there. Guess who walked up? A policeman. <laughs> I didn't walk up there. I thought, so I, we, t- we trust them to do things that we wouldn't do. One, I, I've gotten stopped once for speeding. Only once, Jan? Oh, she's, she's laughing. <laughs> Maybe one, more than once, but this is the one I remember. <laughs> Last week. <laughs> and uh, the police officer came to the window, and you know how they do. They got their tablet. They're going to write you a ticket. And he was, I was say, hey, how you doing today? And, this, and uh, he said, you were going uh, 70 in a 50 mile zone. Well, what the deal was, I was going 70 because that's speedometer. That was a speed limit or 65, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe it was 65, but I was going 70. Okay. So I went, and then it turned just like that to 50. Now, I think that's a speed trap. But I treated, I treated him well. He said, well, I could charge you twice as much, but I won't since you've been nice to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it paid, it paid in dividends. <laughs> All right, what do you think when you think of your father? Angel, you think the same thing? Everybody had good fathers? Or what do you think? What do you think of when you think of your father? Loving? Okay, did any of y'all have a father that was mean? Y'all had great fathers? Wow, (laughs) that's why you're here. (laughs) All right, now, this is a real, what do you think of when you you say you're a pastor? Pastor Tom. He's a wonderful guy. (laughs) I'll tell you what, he's a leader. Uh, You know, we... We're going to go through this uh, this this thing, but the one thing that you've got to realize, and and I've I've learned from this this lesson, is that if you don't like him, somebody doesn't like Tom, Pastor Tom, they say, "Well, I don't like him. He's not a he's not a good preacher." Or my my dad, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I was younger, he was a pastor. He'd say, "Well, that guy's I don't like him. He uses notes." That that was that was why they they cut the pastor down for using notes. So, <laughs> oh, it's doing it. Oh, okay. And you had mentioned about the black church. I'm kind of bright, but I'm black to the bone and black and proud. There you go. <laughs> Amen. But you know, but I, I really thank God because yes, in um. In our traditional black churches, we are taught from an early age to honor our pastor and um, all of those in authority. But I'll certainly say, indeed, with Pastor Tom, he's a man of God, a leader. He's loving. He's approachable. He's real. He's, uh, I almost spoke in tongues. (laughs) Excuse (laughs) me. Excuse me. 
And when it comes to preaching, the undisputed truth of the gospel, I thank God for you, sir, because indeed you minister to us the undisputed truth of Christ our Lord. You read it directly from the book, and I thank God for that. This, in the Bible, it says, seek out of the book of the Lord and read. And each lesson you teach, each message you preach, you give us an outline that we can follow it. This is the way, walk in it, the word says, and you give us that. So again, I just thank God for your humility, your indeed your, your love for the people. Uh, my goodness, your love for community, your love for the country, and indeed the time that you give to pray over us. And for that, I say thank you. I'm five feet three, but I'm telling you, <laughs> thank you, sir. I feel taller than a tree. Amen. Jesus' name. Oh, I, <laughs> when I, I can see. <laughs> okay, Daniel. <laughs> I can say. When I, before I was a pastor, I was not here. I was at home and working at the hospital. And I'd call Tom, and uh, he wasn't there. For, I got his answering message from the print machine. But before the day was over, he called me. Now, you don't realize how hard that is. Very difficult when you're, when you're busy to answer all your phone calls. Sometimes, you know, you go a couple, three days, four days, and, and then you get back. But uh, Pastor Tom... He got back every day that I called him. He got right back. Yeah. Book said, Tom, uh, I said, what's wrong with y'all? You don't call me a pastor? I did. I asked him. What's wrong with y'all? Don't you respect him as pastor? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, find, I find myself I doing that too. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. No, and, it was a shock to me. But yeah, anyway, we got a wonderful pastor. Oh, good. And y'all, y'all, he, he, we all agree, see huh? some good. of what he do. But <laughs> you go overseas with him, and you see how he take care of them little, them little babies. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. Little African babies. It is awesome. He's a wonderful guy. Love him. And he'll, he's paying me for this. So. <laughs> now, the problem with me is, I, is Tom, Tom was my neighbor before he was my pastor. And uh, I thought those crazy people over there. <laughs> it was Katie, yeah. Oh, Katie, gosh. She would uh, play the tambourine and sing at 6 o'clock Saturday morning. Oh, and, and, our, and our, our bedroom could hear everything Katie did. Whew. And I wasn't saying good things about her. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and, th yeah. Uh-huh.
Thank you. I, I, I paid Parthena to say that. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you got the change. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and hear John Devere now. provide protection for you. From the Lord, just to where is the king that as free, yet not spiritual leaders and our responsibility under their authority. In lesson six, honor the king. First Peter, the second chapter. Let's look at the 13th verse. Are you there? Peter says, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Everybody say every ordinance. Of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors, or to those who are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. Verse 15, for this is the will of God, that in doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Verse 16, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for wickedness, but as bondservants of God. Verse 17, very important verse, honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Everybody say, honor the king. The king is the one who is in authority over you. In specific terms, the king that Peter is talking about there is the king that actually beheaded James. Are you with me? Now, I want to get to a point here. How in the world can you honor a guy like Herod Agrippa I, who killed, apostle, who killed the apostle of the Lord just to win favor from people. The only way you can do that is to see beyond the man and see the authority on the man. This is where many believers miss it. What they do is they will submit to authorities if they like their personality, if they like their leadership style. In other words, as long as that leader's treating me nice, I'll be submissive to him and I'll honor him. But if he doesn't treat me the way I like to be treated, I'm not going to give the pastor time of day. You really don't fear God unless you submit to authority. You can tell me all day long till you're blue in the face, I fear God. But if you don't submit to authority, you don't fear God. Because you don't even respect the authority that he's delegated standing right in front of you who you can look at and touch in the flesh. How can you tell me you fear God whom you don't see then? Now, notice he says honor the king. The Greek word for honor there is the Greek word T-I-M-A-O. This is what it means. To honor, to have in honor, to revere, to venerate. It is the exact same Greek word that Jesus used in John 8, 49 when he said, I honor my father. Are you with me? Webster's Dictionary says this word means to revere, to respect, to treat with deference and submission, and to perform relative duties to. You got it? Are you getting that word? Are you getting a hold of it? Now, I had a heartbreaking interview a few, about a year ago. I was on a radio interview program on a very large city in the southern part of the United States. We were talking about one of my books. And I remember this radio interview, it was a live, uh, actually a live program. And uh, we talked for about 12 minutes and then we went into a station break. Now when we went into the station break, it was like the volume went down a level. 
And I remember they were doing commercials. And then this man comes on. He starts talking about the weather. And he said, well, it's going to be so cold in this particular northern state that he said it's going to freeze the governor's lips so he can't open up his mouth to say anything stupid. Now, I couldn't believe what I had just heard. And I'm sitting there going, this is a Christian radio station, right? You know, because these, these, these people that had me do interviews always send me these sheets, and maybe I thought, well, maybe this isn't a Christian radio station. But then I comforted myself with the thought of, well, maybe this is piped in by the UPI or the AP or somebody like that. And I thought, you know, it can't be. It just can't be the guy on this radio station. And so I remember when the guy came back on, we went back to talking about this book, and I was answering him about having the heart of God. And I said, like in this situation, like this happened in the break. Now, mind you, this is live radio. I said, like, look, this is what happened in the break. I said, now, this is a Christian radio station, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I said, obviously, this announcement must have been piped in. But this is not having the heart of God. When you speak about a governor, one of the 50 governors of the United States, about not being able to open up his mouth and say something stupid. I said, now, this is not having the heart of God. If somebody had the heart of God, they would speak with respect about this man, even though his behavior in life probably doesn't deserve respect. And the man said, uh, the person that made that statement was me. And I, and, and, and I said, okay. And he said, <laughs> and he went on to say, he said, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun. And I said, not at the expense of what God tells us to honor. I said, God says, don't speak against the ruler of your people. I said, we must honor what God honors and not at the expense of him are we going to be making fun. And I thought, how many thousands of people are affected by this man's irreverence towards authority? Is he releasing the character of Christ or is he furthering the mystery of lawlessness? That's what kept going through my spirit. You see, folks, let me tell you something. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 2 and 3 about Jesus, that the spirit of the Lord would rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now listen to this. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. That is speaking about Jesus. Out of the fear of the Lord, Jesus did not judge by the sight of the eyes or the hearing of the ears. So... When you see the authority of God on somebody, you respect that, and you don't judge by the seeing of the eyes and the hearing of the ears. This is the way Jesus was. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 says, God is especially hard, this is out of the New Living Translation, especially hard on those who follow their own evil, lustful desires and who despise authority. Everybody say despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at glorious ones without so much as trembling. They lack the fear of God, and they speak about people in authority as if they were nothing. This is not having the heart of God. In the Bible, we are told, let's, let's go to Romans chapter 13. I'm going to continue to read where we left off at verse 2, so let's read from verse 3. Paul says, for rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you'll have praise from the saints. You don't want a speeding ticket? Don't speed. But if you get caught, and he writes you a ticket, don't blame him. 
I've received a couple speeding tickets in the last seven or eight years. And you know, those policemen, when they pull me over, they start writing the tickets. I let them write it out, and hand it to me, and I say, you know, I've done this with every one of them. I shook their hands, and I said, thank you, officer, for doing your job. I was guilty, and I deserve this. And I, I appreciate the service that you give to our community. You should see their faces. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the la not the last guy, the second to last guy. <laughs> the second to last guy was a little, little bit kind of hard on me, excessively hard on me. And when I made that statement to me, he softened up so much, I could almost tell he almost wanted to take the ticket back. Now, I didn't do that to get him to do that. I did that because I wanted to honor him. When God is in your heart, when Jesus lives in your heart, let me tell you, there is a respect for authority. You want to be unafraid of him? Do what's right. You won't have to worry about him. Watch this. Verse 4, for he is God's minister. Everybody say God's minister. That governor that that radio talk show host made fun of, he's God's minister. That policeman is God's minister. Watch this. For he is God's minister to do you good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. That's talking about the tickets, <laughs> amongst other things. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually in this very thing. Why do you pay taxes? To help God's ministers out. You like giving to, to your pastor, don't you? You like giving to ministers, don't you? Well, guess what? They're ministers too. Verse 7, render therefore to their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. You know, there are actually Christians that I have met that have gotten out of paying their taxes. They have found a loophole and have stopped paying taxes. I had a conversation with one of those men, and I said, I want to ask you a question. Who's paying for the road you're driving on? Who's paying for the president that's making decisions for your country? Who's paying for the military that's protecting your wife and children? I said, why are you letting other people pay that? Well, there's a loophole. I said, so you want to just drive on those roads and have everybody else pay for you? He didn't like that very much. You know, I was in a church up in the state where the governor was made fun of. And, I was, and the pastor was sharing with me, this church is experiencing a tremendous amount of growth. And I mean, every year I go back, this church gets huge. And the pastor was sharing with me, not the last time, but the, the, the time before that, when I was with him, how that God put this scripture in his heart, and that he went to the city and found out what the city's greatest need was. And what it happened to be was that they had a volunteer fire department, and they needed one of those masks that where the firemen could see through the smoke with that mask and find the victims and pull them out. But the mask was way ahead of their budget for that year. It was $25,000 for one mask. So this pastor went before his church, and at that time, they only running about five, 600 people. He went to before his church, and he said, folks, we need to minister to these guys. They are ministers attending to us, the city. And he said, this is the greatest need of our city right now. So he said, I want to take an offering. I want all of you to be able to give towards this fire, towards this mask. Do you know that he raised over $25,000 in that one offering? He took the check, went to the city, and presented it to the city and said, you know what, we appreciate your service towards us. We appreciate you being ministers and showed them in the word of God where they were God's ministers and said, we have gotten together and we've given you this check for 25000 Please go buy one of those masks. He said, John, you wouldn't believe the way this has touched this city. 
He said, these guys are so used to people griping about paying taxes. He said, we chose not to gripe, we chose to give. Why pay taxes when you can give, he said. And he said, as a result, when we dedicated our new building, which was just about a year, a year and three months ago or something like that, he said, John, almost, you wouldn't believe the number of city officials that came out to that service. And he said, now many of them still attend this church regularly. They are literally touching that city just simply by honoring the authorities that God has put over them. How many times I've heard Christians complain about paying taxes? How many times I've heard them complain about the police or about the fire department, about the mayor or about the governor? when really we have the opportunity to bless. What is really going to set us apart, folks, when we choose to live above the standards of this world? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Now, let me say this. This authority issue extends to every single area of the four levels. I want to show it to you. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. As far as the family authority, go to Ephesians the 6th chapter. I am going to go through a lot of scripture here in this session. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 1 and 2, says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Man, this is powerful. There's two promises, actually. Number one, that it may be well with you, and number two, that you may live a long life on the earth. God guarantees and promises, if children will believe and receive this promise, that a child who honors his parents, two things. Number one, it will go well with you. And number two, you'll live a long life. God promises you that you'll not die prematurely if you honor your parents. Deuteronomy 27, verse 16 says, Cursed, everybody say cursed, cursed. is the man who dishonors his father and mother. Now, what do you want? A blessing, a long life, a good life, or a curse? Take your pick. In speaking about social authorities, are you there? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1 says this. Let as many bondservants, or I should say employees, as are under the yoke count their own masters or bosses worthy of all honor. Everybody say all honor. You want to know, let me tell you something. You want, you want to know how to really, really minister to your boss? Go honor him when he doesn't deserve it by his actions. Go honor him just because he's your boss. Watch what happens to your job. See, folks, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what Jesus meant. If they want you to go a mile, go two. The Roman soldiers would take, say, take my horse one mile. And what Jesus said, you want to live the way God lives? You want to walk in that kind of character? Just look at him and say, you know what? You're not taking from me anything because I'm giving. I'm going to go a second mile. If they want your shirt, give them your coat. You're not stealing from me. I'm going to give this to you. That's when you enter into the high life. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Now, as far as church authority, what does God say? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Everybody say double honor. Isn't that powerful? God says to honor all the other areas, but when it comes to church authorities, he says give them double honor. Powerful, isn't it? Why does God tell you to honor church authorities? For their sake? Yes, but more, much, much more so for your sake. Because when you honor the authorities that he sends into your life, 
you open up yourself to receive from him. There was a woman in the Bible named Hannah. Hannah had a, a husband named Elkanah. Now Hannah was barren, so Elkanah took a second wife, Penina. Penina was still in his house. Hannah may have filled his heart, but Penina was still in his house. She was barren. Penina was having kids all the time. Not only that, Penina was severely persecuting her rival, Hannah. Making fun of her because she wasn't having children. Every year they would go to Shiloh, where the Ark of God was, where Eli the priest was. And Elkanah would bring his two wives, and Penina would have children, and Hannah would have none. Hannah's heart was being broken. Not only that, she was being constantly persecuted and tormented by her, her rival. So Hannah one year goes to, 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 uh, to that place where Eli was. And Hannah makes a vow to the Lord. She says, God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. He'll be yours forever. She is praying so passionately that Eli, the head pastor, is sitting there watching it. And you know what he says to her? You know what he says? 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says, Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. And he said to her, Must you come here drunk? He demanded, Throw away your wine! Exclamation mark. Now, isn't this amazing? Hannah leaves the presence of her adversary, Penina, only to walk into a priest who calls her a drunk when she's really pouring her heart out to God. Now, can you just imagine what many people would have done today if a head pastor said that to somebody that was praying? Can you imagine the thought? He calls himself a man of God. Doesn't he realize I'm fasting and praying and crying out to God? What kind of church is this? That would probably lead to an outburst of, you call yourself a pastor? Don't you realize I'm praying? I'm leaving this church. I'm going to another place. I mean, can you just imagine that? Let me show you the way Hannah responded to Eli, the man who called her drunk. The 15th verse says, Oh, no, sir, she, ex she replied. I am not drunk, but I'm very sad, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Please don't think that I'm a wicked woman. So she actually takes it back on her. For I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Isn't it amazing? She actually takes it back on herself. But she says, no, I'm praying to God. Verse 17, Eli's response is, in that case, Eli said, cheer up. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked him. And you know what she says? Hannah says in the 18th verse, oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. You know what happened? That year, she got pregnant. And she gave birth within a year's time to the person that would bring revival to the whole nation. She birthed revival in her nation. But you know what amazes me? Is God used that insensitive priest to speak the words that brought her prayer to pass. Go your way and may the God of Israel give you your request, she said. Because she honored him when actually his behavior didn't deserve honor, she received the thing that she was crying out for. That is why God says, give them double honor. He says it even more for your sake. Are you with me? Are you together with me? Folks, let me tell you something. Jesus made it really clear. Now, I'm going to say this. This may, this may really hit some of you. 
He said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Many would say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name and done wonders in your name? And he's going to say, Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. We always look at the side of those people that are going to go be, be turned away because of their iniquity. But have you ever thought about the flip side? Did you ever realize that those people really did cast out demons in Jesus' name and had ministry in Jesus' name and that people really did receive genuine ministry from them? See, folks, do you realize that when Jesus sent out his 12, he sent Judas? That Judas cast out devils and Judas healed the sick and he was one of the 12 that came back and rejoiced and said, even the demons are subject to us. And do you know that Jesus knew that he was a demon? Because in John chapter 6, he said, didn't I choose all 12 of you and yet one of you is a devil? Now, let me make this clear. Scripture does make it clear to us that when a man has sin in his life and it gets openly exposed, and what I mean by openly exposed is there are two or three witnesses that have evidence, and evidence doesn't mean hearsay. It means actual evidence that can hold up in a court of law because the Bible says do not receive an accusation against an elder except by two or three witnesses. If something comes out in the open, let's say a man is a, in, in homosexuality or he's in adultery and he refuses to repent, that is when the Bible says get out from underneath his, his umbrella. Don't drink from his fountain any longer. But until it's made openly known, don't sit there and walk around and say, I got discernment. I think this person's acting like this and I think this person's got sin in their life and all this because you know what? You're going to be harming other believers around you. God will make a leader's sin known in its time. Even Jesus knew through true discernment that Judas was a devil, but he still sent him out to minister to people. Are you with me? This is so important that we understand this. Je Hannah understood something that Jesus later said. Jesus said in John the 13th chapter, he said, He who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. In other words, what Jesus said is, when you receive the person that I send, you're receiving my authority, which in turn, you're receiving the Father's authority. Are you with me? Jesus came to a city that was looking for Messiah. They were preaching about his coming. They anticipated that it was the time of his coming. But yet, the Bible says, when he came to this city called Nazareth, Mark's gospel, it says, in that city... He could not do any mighty works. Now, that's mind-blowing to me. It doesn't say that he would not do any mighty works. Now, if it would have said would not, I could have received that a lot easier. It said he could not. Do you realize the Son of God, who had the Spirit of God without measure, was refrained from doing any mighty works? Do you realize that? That's amazing to me. Why could he not do any mighty works? Well, the reason is is he didn't come the way they expected him to come. They knew from the book of Isaiah that Isaiah said, Unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So they were looking for Messiah to come and to set up his earthly kingdom and deliver them from Roman rule. But when Messiah came, when Jesus came as a, listen, a carpenter with a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors following, they said, This is not the way we want it. Not only that, he was brought up in their town, so there was that familiarity. So that was two strikes that they had to deal with. Messiah's not coming the way they expect him, and they got that familiar thing. He's Joseph's son. He made my table that's in my house right now. 
Who does he think he is? And the Bible says he could not do any mighty works. He was refrained because they expected him to come different than the way he came. Which tells me this, folks. Many times, God will send you what you need in a package you don't want. Can you give double honor to that package that you don't necessarily want? And let me tell you one other thing. If you go in and study it out, you will find out in the Amplified, it makes this very, very clear. Let me read this to you. It says, let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered double worthy of honor and of financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. The double honor he's talking about is financial, as well as honoring him as a man of God or a woman of God. I'm going to tell you this. I've traveled all over the world. Wherever I find churches that take care of their pastors, I find the businessmen in those churches prospering greatly. Wherever I've gone to churches where the people have skimped with their pastors, I find them constantly complaining about the economy. Not only that, I find this in overseas nations. Folks, let me tell you something. I've gone into churches. When I go into those churches, they have a beautiful fruit basket in my room. They have flowers in my room. When you come there, they, they receive you, and, and, and they're like, the whole time you're there, they're saying, do you need any of this? Do you need that? Do you need this? And I feel like a broken record. No, 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 I'm fine. But I realize what they're doing. And you know, those are the easiest churches for me to preach at. But I go to some places, and I think, why did you even ask me? And I've gone to those churches, and you know what? They're like, let me grab my own luggage, which is fine. I can carry my own luggage. I don't care. They come in a jalopy and all this stuff, and they, you know, kind of throw me in a hotel, give me 20 bucks, and say, here, go get yourself something to eat if you're hungry. And, you know, when I leave the hotel, my socks, my white sweat socks are charcoal black from the dirt that's on the carpet of the hotel. You can't use the email because it doesn't work. You know, and, and, and you're just sitting there going, okay, it's fine. But you know what I notice is they don't receive. Now, let me say this to you. I've gone to overseas nations. I've gone to places like Ukraine, Indonesia, other places. Well, you know what? You know these people are making about $15 a month. And they walk up and they give me 25 cents U.S., and you are, my heart is just absolutely bursting with gratefulness. They give me a, a, an offering that is far, other places give me an offering far less than what some American churches would give me. But yet I knew it was their biggest gift. I knew they were honoring the servant. And because of that, miracles happen. Things happen all over the place in those places. It's not about how much. It's about the fact that they just honored the man that came because they said God sent this man or God sent this woman. And because of that, they received Jesus. In turn, they received the Father. And they're blessed because of it. Amen? Don't ever, 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 ever stop honoring men and women of God that God sends into your life. 
When you honor them, you will receive what God has to give to you, to your family, through those men that he sends you. And let me say this. I have no other agenda of saying this other than the fact it's for your sake. Because I've left those hotels with the black socks and all that other stuff, and God's turned around and taken care of me some other avenue. God's going to take care of me because I'm his servant. God's going to take care of preachers because they're his servants. But I'm saying this for your sake tonight, and I hope you're getting it. Amen? If someone asked you to define submission, could you do it? In the next lesson, John brings clarity to one of the most misunderstood teachings in the Bible. Be sure to join him for Lesson 7, Obedience and Submission, next time. I have to be honest with you guys. I didn't like Clinton. <laughs> President Clinton, when he would say something, I would make a joke of him, and, and I would tell jokes about Clinton. You know, his clock runs backwards, and I can't even think of all the jokes I talk now. But um, I, one time I said something like that, and I just heard a voice in my head say, Hey, you, you, stand, you don't stand on any ground to, dis dis to say that about him. He said, Shut up. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I didn't tell any more Clinton jokes, and when somebody else would say one, I, won't, I wouldn't laugh, I wouldn't do anything. I'd just look the other way or something else. Uh, Obama, I didn't like Obama. I didn't think he knew what he was doing, but that wasn't up to me to criticize. I should pray for him and, and let the Lord handle it. <laughs> whether you, whether you uh, think Trump is an awesome guy or whether you think he uh, deserves what he's got, he is our president, and we need to honor him. If you don't like what he's doing, pray for him. Yeah, just pray for him and uh, pray that he'll know. He'll hear from the right people. He'll know what to do. All right, because of technical difficulties, <laughs> seems like I can't get this thing right. I don't, I, I see Lisa with her slideshow. She's got beautiful, beautiful slides, and, and they all come up to the same, at the right time. I mean, it just amazes me. I spent a lot of time doing nothing. <laughs> so, all right, define the word honor. To honor is to what? All right, respect, revere. Those are the two, two of the ones I got. Anybody else? Describe the word honor. I was thinking. Okay, bring it to remembrance. Submit. Okay. Okay, in what ways does the fear of the Lord breed honor in a person's life? In what ways does the fear of the Lord breed honor in a person's life? One of the earlier sessions where uh, David refused to... Uh, Kill Saul when he yeah, had the opportunity had the chance, several yeah. times. His honor for, for God's selection of Saul way outweighed his uh, desire to even fulfill his own prophecy of being king. So I have to admit, I don't know that I would be where David was. So yeah. choosing the, the fear of the Lord or the respect of the Lord's directions and choices, if, he really, if we really believe that he put... Trump in office, Obama in office, or Clinton in office, then who are we to argue with God, you know? So I, 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 
I really agree, but it's it's really difficult to honor someone. And uh, but if you fear the Lord, and the Lord is respected in your eyes, then you must honor those that He puts in authority. There's no if, if and or but about it. That's that's the truth. <laughs> huh? It sure does. According to 1 Timothy 2, what are three actions Christians are to take concerning leaders? We've we've hinted about that already. 1 Timothy 2, what are three actions Christians are to take concerning leaders? Somebody got that? 1 Timothy 2? What did I say to do with the the president? I find that to be uh, true of a lot of things in life. Uh, I have uh, somebody does the wrong thing, and I know it's wrong, and I want to go say something to them, but then I hear something in my mind saying, pray, pray for them. Help, let me do it. You quit trying to do it. Well, anybody got that scripture? First, It says chapter 2, okay. Therefore, first, that that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all All three of them are right there. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's good. Pray, intercede, and give thanks. Now, remember what Jesus said, I will pray for you or I will intercede for you. It depends on what translation you read. But uh, even Jesus prayed for people. All right. When a person bestows honor on their parents, what two blessings does God promise? Long life. Go well. Go well. There you go. Good idea. Got it. That was a good slide. (laughs) (laughs) To whom do we give double honor? Now, let me read. Let me read 1 Timothy 517, it says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And the laborers are worthy, is worthy, the laborer is worthy of his wages. We uh, practice this. In fact, today I told someone that if you come to a food bank, don't tread out the grain. You can take something home. Because we don't hold back on those who work at the food bank and say you can't take anything, you just got to work. We, we let them take some things home. And, and that, uh, that scripture is really good. Don't muzzle an ox that treads out the grain. Now, what, what does that mean? Yeah, don't, don't put a, 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 what is it? It's a muzzle right there. When they, when they do dogs that way, they put this uh, metal thing right over don't put that on the ox because then they get tired and quit, I guess. I don't have many oxes. <laughs> so. Now, we give double honor to those who labor, word, and doctrine. In other words, the pastors, we give double honor to who else? Missionaries, is that what you said? Elders. We need to honor our elders. People, uh, how old? How long was uh, George Casola on the board? 
20 years, George Casola was on the board, and somebody goes up to George and says, George, I really appreciate your service. People say that to me. I'm former military, and they'll say, I appreciate your service. Well, that does, that does something. You know, I said, well, I didn't do much, but thank you. <laughs> so uh, my, in my humility, I don't think that's uh, any big deal. Why is it important that we sincerely obey the authorities placed over us? Uh, they, gave us they gave us a scripture. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your master according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as men pleasers, but as not as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Now, I've told you all before, uh, two of Paul and I think it was Timothy, uh, James, Paul and James, I just, I can remember those. The first verse of, that, of, of James is James, a servant of Jesus Christ or slave. You could say slave. You could translate that slave. And Paul, in one, and I think it was in Romans, first chapter, it says, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that's what we have to. So it's, a, it's important to uh, obey those that are placed over us. Now, the re, what the press is doing is ripping down our country. What should they do? What should the press do? Report truth as it is. Don't try to put a slant on it. Uh, don't say, well, I hate that guy, so I'm going to say something bad about him or something like that. If, uh, you know, I think it started out that way. Well, yeah, it's the world. I was growing up, and I, I think, I think uh, they, they did a lot more. I can remember as a, as a child, I was born in 1947, so I'm pretty old. <laughs> and uh, I can remember that in, in the 50s, there was great respect for senators and people in the House of Representatives. And if you were president, whoa, that was something. So there was great respect for people at that time. And that, that, but that's not true anymore. <laughs> so our attitude toward earthly authorities indirectly communicate our attitude toward Christ authorities. The results we experience will also demonstrate God's authority, although we may not recognize it. So... I think when Tom was talk, Pastor Tom was talking about David and the fact that David had a chance to kill Saul, but he twice, but he didn't either time. Uh, God rewarded him for that, and uh, He will reward you for taking that. Thing. And I, I always have to, when I think about something, I, I do. I get do a lot of my thinking at night. I don't have these vivid dreams, but I do a lot of thinking at night. <laughs> Does anybody else do that? <laughs> it's just me. Seems like I'm thinking at night. I'm so I wake up and I say, "We got to do this," because I thought of it all night. <laughs> so, and uh, sometimes it, that you get rewarded for that. You you, you uh, receive a reward uh, for thinking the things you're going to do. All right. When we honor and obey an authority, who are we truly obeying and honoring? Yeah, Christ Jesus. According to this verse, what is the will of God? Let me read you the scripture, 1 Peter 13 through 17. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors, as to those we want who are sent by him 
for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence or may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Um, this is very very clear here. If, it, if they're in charge of you and you're working under them, you have to honor them. And, and the Bible supports that. And uh, if you cooperate, I mean, I do feel guilty about speeding. <laughs> Everybody here probably speeds, right? 45 lot, you go 50 to 45 lot, you know. And I said, well, the police won't pull me over at 45. <laughs> it's some, it, Pastor Tom got pulled over. He was going 22. Wasn't you? <laughs> oh, man, they they were really wanting some money. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we must submit even to those people that uh, they, 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 every law and every representative of God's appointed authority. So God appointed everybody. Let me get on to the next question. How does God want us to use our freedom? How does God want to use us, want to use our freedom? But um, we're coming back from Voice of the Apostles, and there's those speed traps, you know, you're doing 70, and then it goes down to 55 or whatever. And there was a police officer parked, you know, and I went by, and I'm looking at my spot. Oh, no. And you're looking in the rearview mirror, and you, the lack of peace, right? You know, at this point... Uh, <laughs> And yet, when you're not speeding, and you know, and you pass the police officer, you're at peace. It's the same with any form of sin, or uh, if we know what he's saying is, those authority figures are put in place, and you can be at peace because you're lawful. If you pay your taxes and you know you've done your best to pay your taxes, you're not in any anxiousness about yeah. when it comes time to file taxes. But if you tried to skate, so what he's saying is your freedom is really your freedom if you'll honor and walk in, in being lawful people, right? And so I think it's the, use your freedom for your own peace. It's not permission to do something wrong or an excuse by claiming freedom. It has the opportunity to do, to do what is right. I, uh, I know that uh, sometimes I don't go the right speed limit. Do we do, what do we do? I, I can remember passing a guy that had 55 written on his car in a 55-mile zone, and I passed him, and I looked at, who is that? <laughs> Have you ever done that? No. I was wondering who that slow, slow guy was. He was probably the best Christian in the road. <laughs> so just think about that. I, I do have a guilty conscience, yeah. a little more than I do the limit and here lately God's been really getting on me and saying look you're supposed to be listening to me right you're supposed to be doing what I want you to do right and he's I, I see him really fine-tuning things in my life and um, yeah. so like you know the last few days I've been trying to be more mindful of it and everything and uh, today I was coming home from Topsail and going through Hampstead and I was worshiping and getting into worship and I I just, I, I don't know, I guess I was so much 
in the spirit that I didn't really realize what I was doing while I was driving. And <laughs> I went, I was like five miles per hour over and he kind of checked me on it. And he's like, what have I been telling you? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I just dialed it back. It was a 45 mile per hour zone and I was maybe going 46. And right after that, I passed three sheriffs, one state trooper. And I was like, so glad I slowed down. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes we get caught because the Lord's trying to teach us something. <laughs> so, Lord, don't be, uh, don't be speeding. <laughs> By following this submission to authority, what will be accomplished? protection. It, and, and I like what Bevere said. He said that the good behavior of God's people, that's us, provide a strong silencing witness to a foolish un, unbelieving world. Um, you might get, like, like we do this, you might get the wrong fingers stuck up. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. When, when you do the, the life, change, life change, we had about three or four and then people yell, yell at us and stuff like that. You might get some of that. But when you know you're doing the right thing, it doesn't stick. <laughs> when we delight ourselves in the Lord, how does our perception change? Now, let me read you Isaiah 11, 3, because I'll help you with the answer. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by sight of the eyes, nor decide by hearing of the ears. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, how does that change our perception? I'm really proud of um, on House of Mercy, such a humbling time. But the volunteers that come to House of Mercy, one of the things Christine implemented and sure to do is when they all come in we line up and we hug them and we welcome them so glad you're here and you, many of them, and you know um, it's we don't care what you smell like we don't care what's going on you're homeless you're been angry but and there's something about that honor that just breaks through and uh, anyway I've seen this overseas as well um, when ministries honor who's coming that really honors. There's the outpouring of miracles. It's that example that he said in uh, Mark chapter six, where Jesus could not do many miracles there. Right? Isn't that something? When when we come under when the alignment happens overseas, you'll have the pastoral leadership of the country. I'm thinking of uh, when we were in Belém, Brazil. We were there like three times. Pastor Paulo was over 74 square churches, so they had over 25,000 uh, believers there in his churches. And they were so honoring to Randy. So here you have the apostolic leader who's been in place in that region. And his brother is a congressman in that region. They were well respected. Then he honors Randy, who then and they honor the team. So 70 of us come in. The miracles were unbelievable. And it was that flow down of respect and honor. And uh, so there's something about that alignment that sets it up. And he uses that example in Mark 6 where... They just weren't having this Jesus, the carpenter, so he couldn't do much. He shuts it down. Yeah, I was going to say, too, it's not really part of the study because we're not 
but it, it's more than just honoring leaders. I think we have to honor, you know, uh, like the custodian and, and the, at the school, the, cus the waitress that, you know, like a lot of times they'll, you know, say, hi, how are you? And, and I always try to say, fine, how are, how are you? You know, and a lot of times they're like, wow, thank you for asking, you know. So I just think it's important that we honor even people that, I don't want to say beneath it, but, you know, people that, that normally wouldn't be honored. Um, but I think that's important, too. Profit, get a profit's reward, right? I think Terry mentioned this maybe a month ago. Who was the cleaning lady at the hospital? Do you remember uh, her name? No, I can't remember. But she Maddie, Maddie, or Maddie, something? Maddie, that's yeah. it. Maddie, anyway, yeah. We had heard there was a lady. She was, she, she was a cleaning person at the hospital in Hanover. And what Terry was working there and everything. And But she was also very prophetic. And so we were getting all new. This is almost probably 15, 18 years ago. It's been a long time. So... We're all going over to see. We're going to see Maddie, <laughs> and so we pulled her off her workstation, and we want to just honor you. And, and man, she gave words that were just. So you're right. It's forget the position. Stop looking by the eye and the hearing, and honor the person, and you will pull the gold from that. And that is so much in our society. We can learn. Uh, yeah, I used to. what position they serve. They can be a ditch digger. You honor those people because they are part of this whole world uh, and what they do. They, everything is needed. So I love it. Honor people. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say too, uh, Pastor Tom was talking about the flow down. It seems like anywhere in the pipe, if the people disrespect the leaders, then you kind of stop the flow or if the leaders lie, it stops the flow uh, anywhere from God down all, all the way down to the janitor. So it, it's true is that we don't have to necessarily agree on every subject, but if we honor and we dwell together in unity, that doesn't mean we're unified on every thought but that's why the country's in a mess right now yeah i call uh maddie i called her my my samuel <laughs> she would she would just prophesy all the time but but the bosses didn't like it they wouldn't let us talk we couldn't talk to each other because I'd, I'd touch maddie and she'd she'd freeze <laughs> for 30 minutes she'd be just frozen and uh <laughs> And so they, they they don't let us talk anymore. <laughs> so they they don't uh, they don't understand. I don't think. Why is it important for Christians to be especially respectful to authorities in the church? Let me read you what First Timothy five seventeen says: Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. I, I really think that's something we don't do enough of, and I don't do it enough, is uh, our board members. We should we should honor them and tell them thank you. We know it's very difficult to be on the board. <laughs> if you've never been on the board, it is very difficult. You hear all the dirt, <laughs> and uh, it's really hard to keep it clean, but uh, that to be honored. How does this verse, let me see, according to the verse, that I'm going to read you, 
how are laborers in the church to be taken care of? Uh, that's pretty much what we've already said. And my last one is, how does this verse clearly portray God's ordinance? John 13, 20, most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. How does this verse clearly portray God's ordinance and authority of the church? Anybody know? That's a hard question. So that's the thing that if the Lord put them in office, that's it, that horrible boss that you got. Uh, if the Lord put them in office, respect them. And I see so much. Jen has me watching Hallmark Channel all the time. <laughs> she, she loves Hallmark. Two minutes till they kiss, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it's really an interesting comment. But uh, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I, got, I got off that <laughs> with Jan. Uh, I just want y'all to realize that uh, it's God who appoints people in office. Think of that. It's God who appoints people in office. And if you don't get selected for the job you wanted, it's God who appoints men in office. So maybe they're, they're persecuting you for being a Christian, and they don't think you're in with, they, you don't go to their parties, and uh, you're not socially acceptable to them, and they hire someone who is. All you have to do is work for God. And I, and I tell everybody here at church, I work for God. He's my boss. But he has appointed a pastor that pastors this church. Let's all stand up. It's getting getting late. Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll help us all to understand that the authorities of this earth are placed in, in authority by you. And even if we don't like them, help us, Lord Jesus, to pray for them. Help them to, to flower in their position, to do well. And Lord, even if they do bad, there is a reason for everything that, that you allow to happen on this earth. And we thank you for your presence and your power. And we know, Lord, that you're in charge. So whether we can see it or not, you're in charge. And you know what you're doing. And we trust you. You're good. And you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.